Super. Super. How are y'all doing? This is us at Super Beerish. Coming back to you. It's me, Branky Boy, Baby Boy Brank, and I'm joined by... Who am I joined by? Janky Jankerson. What up, what up, what up? Janky Jankerson. The the name's so nice, I gave it to myself twice. Oh, no. Why are we never going back to... Okay, maybe we'll go to our normal names at some point. I did like Brank because that was my handle for a lot of things. But, um... Anyways, little boy, baby boy, wonderful boy, Jank. What are you? Uh, what have you been playing, man? So I finished Alan Wake, and I know we talked about that before. I played the DLC. Actually, wait, did we talk about Alan Wake though? I know you're talking about going through games in the past and remedy stuff, but were you playing Alan Wake at that point? I was, yes, yes. So okay. I finally, you know, I finally sat down. Uh, finished the game. I played the DLC. Did not like the DLC. The, like the the two bone American Nightmare. No, no, not or uh, the not ones American that are Nightmare. DLC to the game. Yeah, the DLC to the game because there was the signal and the writer. They basically extra chapters. And like, what really bothers me is when developers take leftover material, right, and they call it they call it DLC or expansion, and they just kind of like create this half butt level for the game, and they they. They don't really put a lot of effort into it because I played this hoping it really give me more depth to the story, but it, it didn't. It just kind of put me in a circle again, and then I ended it ended the game feeling really frustrated about it. So I kind of wish I didn't play them because they were, one, super confusing, and two, ridiculously difficult to play. Yeah, I, I remember really liking, I think it's the writer, the second one. Is it the signal or the writer, the second one? One of them is like book pages, and I hated that one. Or like words. Yeah, that was was that, that was the, the the signal. The writer is the second okay. one. Yeah. The yeah the writer I think was much better, but it is kind of funny that era specifically. I mean, you can still see it occasionally in some games that are just like less uh, modern. That the DLC of that era was like B sides to like albums. Like it was like the songs that didn't fit, yeah, and just like yeah. a B side, like. You know, maybe 10% of the time, it's really good. You know, most of the time, B-sides are that. They were not cut for the reason. <laughs> That's why they were not on the album. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, what are you What are you uh, going to move on to after Alan Wake? So I'm, I'm in the middle of a few games right now. I, I went on to, I played Alan Wake's American Nightmare. And where the... How is that? It's, it's actually really fun. You know, all the, the problems with the gameplay in the first one, how like the moving around feels really clunky. Anytime you jump, you probably will end up falling off of a cliff or diving into a ravine on accident. They fixed all that stuff with American Nightmare. Like, it, it plays so smooth, and the weapons are so much better. It just it feels like a, a better game. But where um, Alan Wake 1 succeeded in telling a really great story, American Nightmare doesn't really have much of a story. Granted, it's a short game, but it doesn't have, like, the the mystery and, and intrigue. So you go to three different places because you're trying to prevent, like you find out what happened, you know, what, what happened to yourself in the end of the first game in American Nightmare. So it kind of is done through the premise of like one of those, um, what are those shows within the, sh- the show within the game? I forget what it's called. Like something, um, 
Hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? They have you play you go to the I, TVs and they have the the show on TV. In yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, though, yeah. But it's like last time yeah, on. Right. And it's a it's a name of a town. I can't remember Bright, what the name of the Bright town Falls? is. I think. Is it, I don't remember. Yeah, it could be last time on Bright yeah, Falls. Yeah, so it you it shows that like you it starts off it has that kind of narration and so you don't know if like this is another dream or if this is actually happening. Is it just an episode of the TV show? But it's it's basically plays out like that. So you go to three different places to try to stop. You know the the evil version of yourself that was created in the first game uh, named Mr. Scratch. You go to these three places and you keep rewriting reality and then you end up having to do this four times. So you bas- you play the game four times before it finally ends. And that's like, it. I don't know, It's that's where the story falls short for me. But the gameplay, really great. Um, I started Quantum Break. I got I got through the first act. It's, you know, it's... There's not much gameplay. It's rough. It's rough. There's not a lot of gameplay. Yeah. It is has a lot, a lot of narrative to it and not a lot of gameplay. And, uh, you know, I'm only one and a half acts in, so maybe it'll get better as I go. But uh, I don't really have a lot to say about it at this point. Did, did you get to the shooting part yet or no? Yeah, I got to the shooting part. It is. It, okay. It feels like that part of the game feels like um, it feels kind of like Watchdog, but not as not as defined. You know, it feels really yeah, sloppy. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think the shooting in that game is bad. Like, I'll just say it. It's bad. Um, I've played some Control. I think Control's a lot better. I remember liking Alan Wake's gameplay a lot more. I don't know what happened with Quantum Break. Like, I'll try to go back at some point. But, yeah, I just remember playing it and being like, this isn't fun. Like, I was interested in the story. I just didn't think the game was fun. So... I don't yeah. Know how, yeah, I know you're early on, but yeah. I got to the first shooting segment and thought like, oh, this would be cool doing the time manipulation. And I played it and I was like, well, you don't oh, really. This, this isn't it, good. Do you remember the game? It was on Xbox 360. It's called Time Shift, where you could literally slow things down in the middle of firefights and you can kind of shoot people and run around and take cover and stuff. In this one, the you it, they're like, yeah, I have this ability to slow down time and it doesn't happen until the person actually has the bullet in them. Like, you can't slow down time to shoot somebody. It slows down as they're dying. Like, it doesn't really seem like it has a point to it. Yeah, I I didn't get deep enough to even notice that, but I did just notice I did not like it. I Maybe I'll try to go back. I played, like, two years ago for, like, maybe two hours. Right. And I have no interest in going back, truthfully, but, you know, and I have... I mean, I dabbled in a lot of stuff. Have you been playing anything besides Quantum Break? Uh, yeah. So I've been. I jumped back into. I'm trying to go back and like refresh myself on what happened in all the Halo games. I'm playing Halo Wars. Not as much. It doesn't hold up very well. It's not as fun as I remember it being. I started playing Halo Wars two um, for a little bit, maybe like a couple weeks ago, before like I got Last of Us, and it it's um, I liked Halo Wars two. I don't really remember much about one. Uh, I definitely plan on finishing two because I think it's only 10 chapters. But do you think you've played both of them? Do you think one is a lot worse than two or are they similar? Uh, one, um, I mean, they, they, they both have because it's it's not just, you know, gathering resources, building your, your troops, going after the objective. Like both of them have certain levels in there where you have to do certain things and you're being timed and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both fun games and they're both really short games. It takes, you know, you could probably play through 
play through them in a, with about five to six hours each, but it's just, it's very repetitive, you know, and that's where I'm having a hard time with this because I'm sitting there trying to play Halo Wars 1, and while I remember it, you know, being fun the first time I played it, I'm falling asleep as I'm playing it now. Oh, really? How far are you in the first one? Uh, I'm on chapter eight, so I got, I think I got two, two more left. Oh, okay. Is it a very long game? No, like yeah, I mean you could you, if you had 5 to 6 hours you can probably play through it pretty quick. Oh, uh, yeah, I I do want to try it out uh, at some point, but I think I'm going to just do two, man. Like I have one as well. I don't even remember how. I don't know if my brother-in-law got it or what, but I I don't know if I'm going to go back to one. Like I think two is probably the one that I'll go to. And did you mention anything else besides Halo Wars that you've been uh, no, that, thinking around with? Or are you just that's it, man? I'm just messing around with a you know a bunch of different things right now. I, I I'm still playing Disneyland Adventures, but I mean that game's yeah. really really long, so I don't think I'll be finishing it anytime soon. But what have you been playing? Oh, I didn't. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for asking. I all real quick over some stuff. I think I may have. I don't think I mentioned this stuff when we were talking last time, but I definitely was kind of like tooling around with these things, and I'll have more to say about some of them later, but. I started Resident Evil 7. That game is extremely scary. It was on sale for like 10 bucks, and I got through probably the first two hours, but it's like I have to play it in the daytime. It's that terrifying. I think it's probably the scariest game I've ever played. Resident Evil 2 and 3 are not even close. Those are like action games after playing um, is it, 7. Is it scary or is it stressful or both? Because I know 2 was I really stressful for me. So... So I didn't find two very scary. There were moments of like intensity where you're like, oh man, is something going to be in this room? You know, uh, seven is like terrifying and in some ways stressful because you just have this dark feeling about you when you're playing the game the entire time. Like it's, uh, it's so heavy. It's kind of like a place I hate to be in, but I also am like really intrigued and I want to get through it to, uh, to the side where hopefully something good happens. Um, I'm going to go back to that. And then I've also was like trying some games Pass games. So I played some Forza horizon four, which is actually like really, really good. Um, I know you've been playing it for like a long time, but I, I'd never tried it yet. And I'm actually kind of amazed at how enjoyable it is. Hey, well, if you want to try the co-op, man, let me know. I've been wanting to play with somebody. Yeah, uh, do they have like a co-op mode or is it just kind of like you well, race and there's you, other cars there? You, you jump into either person's world and you can just kind of drive around and you can do the races together and stuff like that. It seem, seems like kind of a fun idea. Yeah, I I definitely would like to try that, I think. But yeah, the and then I, you know, like I said, I played some Halo Wars 2. But what I've really been playing is Last of Us Part 2. Um, and that game, without getting into... It's political messages and it's story at all. It is very good and very, very fun. Um, it definitely is has agendas at some point. So if you're like very uh, prone to anger based on like, hey, it's it's got some political agendas. It's it's just a 2020 game. You know, I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. But story wise, it's probably the most well executed story. I've ever seen in a video game maybe it's just it feels lived in in a in a way that I I kind of haven't dealt with before where like characters will have small chatter um, enemies will have names like say you'll kill an enemy a lot of times they'll call out the name like Linda or whoever and they're these aren't like named characters these are just like enemies that you're on you know killing on patrol 
The do gameplay you, is. What's oh, up? So I what? was going to say, do you, um, is your PlayStation like everyone else is having trouble processing it? No, I have a PS4 Pro, so I don't know if the standard has issues or or what. But I I haven't had any problems with the game so far. Okay, I am playing on ten. I am playing on a 1080p TV, so I don't have 4K. So I don't know if that's a thing or you know if that's having issues. And I don't have HDR, but it's uh it's a really beautiful game. And gameplay wise, it's significantly better than the first game. Um, you know, one thing to take into consideration is these are Naughty Dog games, so they aren't generally the best handling games they do focus a lot more on like oh hey you're a real person so you're gonna make mistakes when you're shooting so it's not like super easy to line up shots like your character will shake or stuff like that um and honestly for me especially after playing some of the resident evil games where they also kind of do that like you know it's whatever that's just kind of some games and i'm fine with that um i like the scavenging aspect of it like trying to find new supplements to upgrade your character or like parts or you can also find skill trees you collect them in like magazines they're hidden throughout the world um i think i'm about halfway through the game i accidentally was like trying to find um the length of the game so i clicked on a walkthrough and uh, (laughs) unfortunately for me, instead of just telling me like how many chapters there were, they spoiled it by writing on some of the chapters, something that's really significant. So it's like, I now know what's most likely going to happen very soon. So it sounds like I'm about halfway through the game. Oh, Uh, I hate that. I hate when you like, you get stuck on something and you try to look at like how it's done and then somebody will spoil everything that's to come or like even just looking at the, like the chapter names or something like you, yes. it does present huge spoilers. Well, it's just for me, the frustrating thing is they, I get why they did it because some stuff would have been hard to clarify if they didn't decide to write this extra thing that spoiled a thing. It doesn't spoil time, but it's spoiled enough that I'm like, Oh man, I got through this almost with no spoilers. Um, but at the same point, it's like, man, they could have just like done it in the way they did, which was chronological and not wrote that extra word and it would have been way, yeah, all I wanted to do was see kind of like, okay, am I like, is should I try to rush through to beat this thing? And it's like, oh, okay, no, 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 I'm going to have at least another week or two or three. So yeah. I'm just trying to beat it by Ghost of Tsushima in July because I, so I also think that looks that pretty game. fun. Yeah, they just put out yeah, a I'm, new, they put out a new story trailer today, you see, and they showed the, I, uh, he's on the nah, beach. I didn't get to watch it. All the different like settings that you're going to be playing in. It looks so cool. I'm so excited to play this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, torn with games nowadays. Like, I want to watch the trailers, but I also kind of want as little shown as possible nowadays. So I was looking at it, I'm like, should I watch it? Or should I just, like, wait? Because it's only a month, of, you know, it's now even nine months. Yeah. It's I now, mean, like, two to three weeks away. So Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's coming out soon. It's just, it's a purely cinematic trailer, so you're not actually, like, seeing any gameplay in it. It's just kind of one of those get-hyped trailers, but I am hyped. Okay, so it's not like gonna show me like a bunch of stuff where it's like, okay, I'm gonna be rewatching. No, these story no, beats you, you know, like in Asa- like when the you know first few Assassin's Creed games came out, they had the big cinematic trailers. It's yeah, it, it is yes. that, but it's only a minute, so it's not. You know. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll watch that. I was because it's a story trailer. I was really concerned it was gonna be a bunch of the story beats, and it's like, ah, uh, like. You know, even if there's like a reveal of a main boss, like I don't really want to know that because some games are good enough now where it's like they sometimes won't even reveal their main boss in game till like, you know, five, six hours into like a 40 hour game. 
And so like, it's like, I would rather be surprised. And, but sometimes in the trailers, they'll show you the scenes with that guy and you'd be like, Oh, okay. I get it. Like he's the last guy, like uh, a really bad example of giving away characters was, do you remember the game Sekiro from last year? Yeah. A lot of the trailers gave away who like you would be fighting at the very end. And you kind of had an idea early on, but it was like, Okay, dude, like it could have been someone else. Like you really didn't need to put that in the trailer. Do you know what kind of ruined so, that game for me was like I did want to play it, but I I'm I found that you can't go like on social media or even on the internet these days without having videos autoplay and I was seeing all the boss fights just because everyone's talking about how difficult they were, so I couldn't not see these things and I just decided I didn't want to play it after that. Yeah, it's it is kind of frustrating because like you do watch those things and it's like one, it's showing the boss fights which are kind of like the coolest parts of the game outside of some of the uh, scenery and some locations. Like the boss fights are what makes that game. The other thing that makes that game really difficult is it's like it felt like the people who were playing Dark Souls were like, "Hey, I think this game is too easy. So let's take out leveling and the ability to potentially grind your way to be able to beat a boss." and make it just so you can only play it based on your challenge. And while I'm sure that's fun for a lot of people, and while it is a cool thing because it means you don't need to worry about your leveling, it does, for someone like myself who struggles with some of the stuff, it did make it annoying when it's like, ah, oh, I only have one hour to play video games. This guy might take me four or five hours. Uh, I can't finish him today, so should I even bother? And so that's literally what happened to me. Yeah, like, isn't like Ninja Gaiden kind of did that too, didn't they? Like you couldn't really Ninja Gaiden level. You just had to kind of play how you were. Yeah. yeah. My, my biggest beef with Ninja Gaiden, and this was the the first one on Xbox, the original Xbox, not Ninja Gaiden Black, was I remember they didn't give you health at the beginning of levels or something like that, or your health carried over or your health items carried over or something. So I got to a point in that game where I was at a save statue with next to no health and no health items, and I could not move on. And so, like, my option was to restart the game, I think, because I don't even think you could restart the level. So, like, that was my biggest beef with that. But, I mean, this isn't... I don't think this podcast is about challenging games. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who has time for that yeah, anymore? Yeah, I know. Like, it's... it's And there's so much stuff going on. I mean, we also, we're just not... You, me, and, you know, if we can get Donna back on here, uh, we're not, like, the target audience for challenging media you know like i think uh i think donna played all of the uh the dark souls or dark souls one and two uh like pre-quarantine but that's about it and i i for me just you know i got to the end of three i loved it it's just the patience level is just too high some way have you played any of those like ultra hard games um yeah well i mean i played ninja guy and I, I dabbled in dark souls for a little bit i just i didn't have i don't have the time for it man you know if it's something that i gotta spend I have very limited time to yeah. play video games these days. So if something that's going to be like frustratingly difficult, chances are I'm not yeah. going to finish it. That's actually one of the things I like a lot about Last of Us Part 2 is that they, they have, one, a million accessibility options, which like I don't need most of them, but it's great for the people who do, like colorblind, all this stuff just to make it easier. But the other thing that's kind of great that I've been really digging is... Um, there's lots of difficulty options, and I cho chose to play it on normal. I am kind of wondering if maybe I should bump it up because it's I haven't really died. I, I've died like maybe two times in the whole two or three times, and I. But it is challenging, so I think I'll probably keep it at normal. But I I am wondering if it's like one of those games where I'm like, should I bump it up and potentially add another 
few hours to the game, which I don't know if I really want to do since it's long and give myself a challenge or should I just keep it like it is right now? And I'm kind of like cruising through all the battles because it's just not super difficult. Yeah, I'll be honest, man. I have played games on easy just because, you know, it depends on what it is, you know, like the if, if I'm playing it just to get backward, like what's the story that came before or if I'm just trying to catch up on story, I will play it on easy. I am guilty of doing that. Yeah, but there are games like, and you know, we could talk about this for a long time, but there are games like the original Halo, which I, you don't need to play on easy. You can play that on normal and you're not really going to be challenged. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. as long as you're not playing on heroic, you're not going to have really any challenge. Yeah, you could play it on easy if you just wanted to mow crowds down, but you could do that on normal. You just yeah, have to spend well, like even, a second longer thinking. Even heroic on Halo is pretty easy, at least on the first one. Uh, it's it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, I died a lot, but it's like it's definitely doable. It's not like you know some of the games where it's like oh hard mode. Okay, like I don't know if you ever tried playing. I played one of the Call of Duty campaigns. I cannot remember which one. I played like two of the missions on veteran or whatever the hard difficulty is called. And man, they just it feels like everybody in that game becomes a sniper, and they all like can one shot you like immediately. And it became not fun. He was like, oh, okay. Right. I have to know where the enemy is exactly, make sure I peer over this corner, shoot him, you know, go back, wait for the next guy. Um, those games are always better with, with multiplayer. Anyways, Super I, I want to talk to you about some of the news that's been going on. Um, I guess there's some of that happened with Harry Potter today, or I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Yeah, well, so they announced... That the you know last year there was rumors that a Harry Potter RPG was was coming out, and now today there's more news saying that like hey we're still um, we're still working on this game. I think Warner Brothers, what's Warner Brothers Gaming Studio? I forget what the I don't know what they're called, but like I think the, it's just all WB Games. WB Games, if yeah. it's their main one. Yeah, yeah, and so they're saying that they're you know they're currently working on it. They're they're supposed to publish it, and I, I forget who the company is behind the actual game. But, you know, despite hmm. all the controversy with J.K. Rowling right now, there's still a lot of yeah. hype for the game. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to what does a Harry Potter RPG look like? Is it something where, you know, Harry Potter's based deep in fantasy lore, right? So are you going to is it going to feel like an Elder Scrolls type game? What's is it going to feel like campy like the movies or is it going to kind of be its own thing and that's what i'm really fascinated about would you have any interest in playing a harry potter rpg that is not you know strictly based on the films i mean me personally i'm not a harry potter fan so i'm like the worst person to ask i remotely like some of the movies and i read the first three books and thought they were good like i i like oh these are good um i don't have like a love for the series I definitely think for a game, there's a lot of cool stuff they could do. I think if they focused on the school life stuff in a lot of ways, like kind of like a Persona game where a lot of it's about your daily interactions and you can level up your uh, relationships with other people and get skills that way and learn stuff from your classes, I think that would be the optimal way to go for something like this. I think if they're just going to do a basic Elder Scrolls-style uh, game, it's probably going to suck, if I'm being honest. Like... I think they really need to focus on what people like about Harry Potter. And I think it's that fusion of school life and magic and mystery. And I think if they don't focus a lot on like a leveling up of from class structures, from people that you meet from that in, in combat. But if they don't focus on those other things, I think it's going to be really dull because I don't think they're, they're going to have enough to do if they just make a Harry Potter game where it's like, 
oh, you just go outside and fight, you know, uh, demon or what are those? What are the guys who like <laughs> uh, in front of the office? Dementors. Yeah. <laughs> go out and fight Dementors all day. Like, I, I don't know. And there's like a couple cool things in Harry Potter. Like, I'm not, I, you know, I, out of the 40 people who listen to this, I hope none of them are crazy Harry Potter fans and hate me for this. But I, I just don't, I, I've never thought like, whoa, man, Harry Potter's the truth. And it, it's the first one to ever do fantasy right. Like, right. No, and there, I'm sure there's plenty of people. There are plenty of people out there who would agree with you on that. I, I just like I would I like, um, you know, the, the whole idea of like, like you said, being able to level your skills up by attending class. But I would also think it'd be cool to have maybe each class has some kind of quest associated with it. So you're ex- having an excuse to explore the world while at the same time, you know, building up your skill trees or whatever it might be. Yeah, I agree with you. I just, I mean, and my memory is probably bad. I don't feel like Harry Potter, like, had them leave the school very often, at least in the early ones. So I don't know how many, like, named places they have in that world. No, I mean, Besides yeah. that alley and that school and the, the Hogs, woods. Hogsmeade you know, village like, and all that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah. they would have to make some things up if it's not already, you know, made up in the J.K. Rowling lore. But, uh, you know, it, it has... I, I think they... It has potential is is my, yeah. my final thoughts on that. I think they need to the things I think that could make that game like crazy fun though are like one, get quidditch right. I don't know if that means make it so you're playing the game or make it so you're running the team or make it so you're doing whatever. But get that right, because I think that's something everybody would dig and have a blast with. And get the learning aspect of it right. Make it so it's fun. Make it so it's uh user intuitive, so you're asking questions. So maybe you know, this might bore some gamers, but like, oh, you have to do a little bit of learning. Like I did that in Persona 5. And honestly, that's like my favorite stuff. For me, the worst parts of Persona 5 were like going through the dungeons and not having enough stamina. And then you have to like get out of the dungeon because you got to wait for the next day. Like the best parts are like meeting with your friends and having fun and leveling up that stuff. So I think they should focus on what they know works from other games and kind of like let all this other stuff fall to the wayside and yeah have it so you have those class i think that thing that you said class quests and stuff would be a really cool thing and maybe even have like uh uh what are they called what are like the gryffindor or those things house houses oh, the, yeah the house like competitions how, yeah like house reputations and stuff and you know if i were making this game and i'm not but if i were like i would also think about letting the people choose which house they're in or if you know, if they want, or if like there's two modes, I don't know, maybe one's like a story mode and they choose the house for you. And the other one's like, uh, you get to make your own character and just do basic stuff. You know, like I, I don't know what the game's going to be. There's a lot of areas I think for success, but I also could imagine like a very, very boring story-based game where you only go to classes to learn a skill and you don't like, then you just go out and fight. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah. there's nothing really interactive about yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's that that's the fear. You know, don't what I'm hoping is they don't try to reinvent the wheel, but they use the parts of it that have been proven, you know, over time with other other games of this type. Yeah, man. Um, real quick though, about WB, which I want to talk to you about, there's a rumor that they're selling. And there is a rumor that they're selling all their studios. Hitman, you know, probably the Harry Potter studio, uh, Mortal Kombat team, I cannot remember their NetherRealm. Um, and there is a talk that Microsoft is buying five studios that they'll announce in July. What do you think the likelihood of uh, Microsoft picking up WB is? I, you know, I I've, I feel like it could be likely. I also feel like this is something that, uh, 
you know, I don't know if that would be a smart move for Warner Brothers to sell to Microsoft because they wouldn't be able to have their games reach as far of an audience as they would ha- if it weren't console exclusive. But I mean, for a lot of these people, they're just getting a flat cash buyout and then maybe, you know, points on the game sales. So I don't know. I, otherwise, I don't know who would buy them. EA, Activision. I mean, right, all they would do yeah. is trash them. So yeah. I, I personally, I hope, um, you know, hope Microsoft or, you know, Donna would hate me for saying this, but hope Sony, hope so- one of the main uh, parties buys them because I just have a feeling the other really three big players, which are Ubisoft, EA, and Activision, like, I don't think Ubisoft would buy them. They're not like in a big acquisition of other studios type place. Um, THQ Nordic would just trash them. They would become essentially nothing if they were purchased by them because that company just doesn't seem to like to make games. They just like to remaster and rehash stuff. And Activision and EA also don't put out a lot of stuff. So I I think, honestly, the best shot for those studios is to be uh, purchased or, or sold piecemeal. Like some of it goes to Microsoft, some goes to Sony, some goes yeah. to different companies. Well, do you, I mean... I'm looking at what's going on with Microsoft right now. Like, it, yeah, it'd be cool if they did buy these studios, but I'm also thinking like they just shut down Mixer. They're shutting down their stores. Do you think there's something going on behind the scenes with Microsoft that would make you, you know, scared for what their future might look like? Hmm. I honestly, I think the whole world, man, is in such a scary place. I'm not really worried for Microsoft uh, personally. I think that that Mixer theme thing, yeah, it did come out of the blue. It was very unexpected. But, I mean, at the same point, like, Mixer wasn't making them a lot of money, and they are part of a very, very large company that makes a lot of money selling, like, Excel and Word, you know, applications, like, or cloud, you know, space. Like, that's what Microsoft makes money off of. Um, And I've heard the Xbox division is profitable, but I would be just as concerned about them closing shop as I would about Sony because Sony has like a bunch of other divisions that are making them lose money as well. And they seem like unable to shut off their TV and computer divisions when they're just like draining money from the company. So we'll see, man. I I don't have a lot of knowledge anymore. I feel like, especially after this year, like what could stay open and what could close. Um, I think we are literally, you know, this could be the final console cycle after this Xbox uh, Series X and Sony PS5 and whatever Nintendo brings, I hope that's not the case, but I could totally see that as being a thing, you know, depending on the way the world goes. But the cool thing is we're going to get this stuff. I totally see Microsoft having the funds to buy out Warner Brothers outright if they wanted to. That's why I asked because I think they had, I forgot how many uh, hundreds of millions or billions or something that they had that they had to spend. So that's why, like, I was thinking they might buy them because all the other acquisitions they've had were so small. Um, what do you think about the recent Activision development that happened? The new game, the first new non-Call of Duty game and non-Guitar Hero game. They don't do Guitar Hero anymore. Non-Call of Duty game that they've put out in a while. What do you think about it? Crash 4. Yeah, I, this, this was surprising to me. I had a feeling with them remastering all this stuff that we're going to get something. So now I'm hopeful for like a, you know, a next gen Spyro that's not related to Skylanders, but, uh, I, I, do you, I'm torn on this. I do want another Crash Bandicoot, but at the same time, like, do you think that Crash has had, it had his time, it's come and gone? I, yeah, man, I think they, they're going to run into a lot of, 
problems. One, I think, is they have crazy sales expectations because the trilogy sold really well. And there was quite a few reasons why the trilogy sold really well. Um, it sold really well on PlayStation alone when it was just on one console, but it's on three now. It's $40 instead of 60 for three games that many people who are now of the working class age can go out and buy very easily and that will meet their nostalgia from when they're children. I think Crash 4 has the odds against it in terms of it's a $60 game, which is a lot for a platformer. And while it may look nice, a lot of people bought the trilogy for $40, $30, $20 because it's been on sale lots of times. I personally will not spend $60 on it. Like for me, it's like, oh, that's really neat. Maybe I'll pick it up when it's 20 or 30. But I mean, that price point is just too much for what that game is. Like the crash games were fun when I was a kid and the PlayStation was limiting and you could only move forward, backwards, left and right. You know, like it was, you know, 3D wasn't even like a total thing. The idea of doing a non-collectathon platformer that is linear in this day and age, I... I don't see it selling well, but I definitely think it will sell a decent chunk, like a couple million or so, because it's on two consoles and yeah. it's, you know, it was a big brand. So I am interested in playing it. You know, it, it's one of those games where it's nice to like just be able to sit down and play. You don't have to think. You know, I, I miss those type of games. Yeah. You know, I miss that uh, the like the Spyro and the Ratchet and Clank yeah. and games like that. Like I, I Croc. 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 Oh Legend my gosh! Gobos. Yes, we love Croc on this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I miss the Croc podcast. <laughs> the Crockcast. Yeah, I miss those games, and I would be willing to play it, but I wouldn't want to buy it at a sixty dollars price point. You know, if a forty might be something I'd, I'd consider, but I just I wouldn't want to pay sixty dollars for that because yeah. I'm probably only be, only going to be getting four to five hours of gameplay out of it. Oh, I bet it's longer than that, but I don't know if you're going to want to stick with it for longer than that. I bet it's like a 10-hour game. My guess is they, I mean, just games nowadays, man, like, they can't make them four to five hours. I mean, I know they did with Resident Evil, but if they do, then normally it means, like, well, there's going to be suckers who buy it day one, and then if you wait a short period of time, that thing's going to be on sale, like, real, real fast. Um, But, yeah, man, I... I don't have a lot of optimism for it. I, like you, would be way more interested in a Spyro. I've been playing the Spyro trilogy, and I really have dug... The first one's the best, in my opinion, but I've been digging it. I've been on the second one. I just find it um, less interesting than uh, than the first one was. But, yeah, man, I, I think 60 was the wrong call. I think they should have ate whatever the cost is and sold it for 40 and I think they would have sold way more copies. Because I think what's going to happen is $60, they better like bundle it with the trilogy as well. I don't think people are going to think one game that is f- like of that era, as good as it looks. And I mean, it looks good. Like, it looks pretty incredible. That trailer is like beautiful. Um, I just don't see it selling that. But I don't know, man. Activision's a w- strange company this year. And, and in a lot of ways, they've finally got my interest again. Because, you know, I, I've been playing Call of Duties and, you know, I enjoy those. But I, I loved Modern Warfare last year. That game was incredible. But, I mean, the fact that they're doing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake this uh, September and then Crash in October, it's like, I mean, they got my number. But I think the thing they did right with Tony Hawk is I think it's 40 bucks, and that's for two games remade. And I know it's a remake, but, like, man, I, if it plays good at all, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I know what this between this year and next year, there's supposed to be like three different skateboarding games coming out, right? The Tony Hawk games and there's skate 
And then there was one yeah. that was announced last year at E3 that was supposed to be coming out in 2021. I don't remember what the name was, but uh, you know, I think we that... We didn't talk at all about that EA thing. Yeah, either. no, we didn't. Oh, oh yeah, that was... Oh, we that probably was, don't want to do it today. Yeah, but. that was sad. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I am excited about this. I just, I am hopeful for a Cool Borders remaster next. That would be... Oh, man. Yes. Cool Borders, 1080, Snowboard Kids. I'm all down. Uh, I know a lot of people are SSX fans. Yeah, there's there's no, like, good modern snowboarding franchises that they're still making. Yeah, I think, you know, they tried it with... They tried it with Steep. I just think it's a hard sell nowadays, like, especially at $60. Like, they need to rethink the price and start thinking about, like, just making fun games that don't have a lot of, like oh this this that and this this that and you know i'm I'm totally all for like the tony hawk progression that they added where you can like get yourself some skill points and do that i think that's a fun way of adding to the game but like the problem is and you know last of us part two just exemplified this when uh, sean Layden, the old ceo or president of sony um entertainment industries or whatever when he came out and said like hey games are too expensive now and it's 60 bucks it just doesn't make sense so we're going to stop making triple a games like um he said this like last week or so and last of us obviously went on to sell a bajillion copies now it's sold 4 million so it's all it's already doing really well in a week's time but it's like he's right man like that game probably cost 250 million dollars to make and even at 4 million copies at 60 dollars a piece we're looking at what uh 20 or 240 million like that's that's a lot of money, but that's still not the cost, you know. And it will it will probably it will make back its cost, but how many of these games will you know nowadays? So, and we talked about this a lot, you, me, and Donna on uh, Super BS years ago about games staying sixty dollars, and even though there's more people in the market, like it just doesn't add up. It they're too expensive to make, and they're only going to get more expensive. So. Yeah, no, I I agree. It, it just it feels. I, I'm I'm wondering because it, it feels like with modern, you know, the way games look today, that it it doesn't really like. You look at the PS5 conference, you see some of the footage we've seen from the Xbox Series X, and it doesn't yeah. really feel like graphics or seem like graphics are improving. And I'm I'm wondering if like it people they're not like really pushing that boundary anymore just because it costs so much money and at a $60 price point, you know, what are you going to do? I think it's a mix of that, man. I think it's a mix of diminishing returns. We can only get people to look so realistic at some point. So I, uh, I, I saw the, the PlayStation conference and Xbox series X stuff. And I definitely think it looks better, but yeah, does it look, you know, markedly better? Is it like, Whoa, I need this. What I'm doing right now is nowhere near as good. No, but I don't know if you remember, like, the, the original games that came out on Xbox One look quite a bit worse than the games that are coming out now. So games are getting better looking. Like, when I turn on Last of Us Part Two, I'm I'm still kind of, like, blown away at how it looks. It's pretty incredible. So, yeah, man, like, I, I'm definitely not, like, a graphics whore. Like, I'm not the person who's like, oh, man, this game is so cool. But when I see games that look well, like, or look good, like, I... I definitely am like a sucker at points like, oh, man, that looks. Yeah, neat. yeah, that looks of course. Really nice. of course. Um, you know, I picked up Order 1886 for five bucks pretty much to play that just because it looks so nice. And that game still looks pretty good. Came out at the beginning of the cycle. and I was like, whoa, it's a good looking game. Yeah. But yeah, man, we'll see. Um, We'll see what happens. I definitely see uh, a scaling back, though, of these big triple A single player games. 
um, outside of the ones they know will sell. So I think we're going to get another God of War and, you know, we're going to get a bunch of other stuff that they know is going to sell copies. But um, I I definitely think we're going to see less risks, which is a bummer. We saw a lot less risks this generation. And I think we're even going to see less next generation. And that, so. and that makes me sad, too, because I was kind of hoping for some new IPs that could be something I could invest you know, like the halo of yesteryear, like I, something I could invest yeah. my time into for the next, you know, three or four years. But I don't think we're going to see things like that anymore. I think we will see stuff. I just definitely think, yeah, like you said, it's not going to be like that or as frequent as that. That's the big thing. Like there's a new game coming out called Biomutant by THQ Nordic, which I just picked on earlier for just rehashing stuff. But it's kind of surprising and cool looking I, I don't know if you saw pictures from it it's been like announced for forever so people are still making stuff that is modern i mean destiny came out this console cycle and while it's very much a you know a continuation of what they were doing it is technically a new ip so i think you're going to see stuff like that man i just think it's going to be less frequent and i think like stuff like apex legends which i play all the time i could definitely see that becoming a new ip like something where they might do like, hey, this is an Apex Legends game, kind of like uh, Riot is doing with League of Legends. Like they're releasing tons of stuff in their universe because people like that stuff. So new, new IP, we're going to see very less frequently. But I think like established characters from other IP coming into different genres, I think we'll see that. I think people want new games. So... Well, but we'll find out, man. I I am, if nothing but like curious. I don't, I can't say optimistic, but curious about the future of gaming, especially in the next couple years. Um, and you know, I want to real quick add that you were right about Cyberpunk. We talked about that two weeks ago, and literally half a week or a week later, it got postponed to November. I'm still hoping I'm right that it's coming out this year, but I didn't think it was going to uh, to get like pushed back at all. Yeah, so I I said I I think that its final release date I still think is going to be February of next year, but uh, I hope you know, you're I'm, wrong. I I hope I'm wrong too because I do want to play it, and I'm I'm just you know I I'm of the mind where like you know give a vague release date for things, don't give an exact release date because then it's it feels disappointing when you know it gets pushed back. I think that fans would be okay if they weren't didn't have their hopes like raised so high all the time, but. Um, yeah, I'm hoping it still comes out this year, but we'll, we'll see what happens, especially with, uh, you know, like you keep saying the state of the world and the state of the market and all that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think games like cyberpunk are going to come out like regardless of what happens. And I think the big surefire hits like they're, you know, regardless of what happens with our country or the world, I can't imagine within nine months, uh, the whole entire thing will be burned down to the ground i hope i'm wrong you know this, this year's been so crazy but i could i could imagine that like if money becomes harder for a lot of people that you will see a lot less risks and in a like a uh, entertainment industry that is already risk adverse like i i just it's a bummer thinking that like oh okay yeah the cyberpunks will come out the last of us will come out the god of war will come out but it might be like six months between new games I'm excited for, you know? Yeah. But the cool thing about it is I, I don't think you're going to see indie stop. I don't think there's going to be people who stop dreaming. I don't think, like, there's going to be games stopping as a whole. I mean, there's still so many games released every single day that if we, if you and I tried to cover indies, that would have to become a full-time job, and even then we couldn't do it. 
You know, like we would have to choose indie, probably indie arcade games because you couldn't even do RPGs or action games. There's too many coming out. So, yeah, man, like I, uh, I, you know, I'm still optimistic that things will stay good. But, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, when we resurrected CBS a lot, you know, I wanted to do it because I just love talking about games with you. And two, because like we had more time because things have changed um, for me personally. And so, like, I wanted to get back and, and talk about the thing I love in a weird world. So I think there will be people out there who are doing something similar, who care about this stuff, who still want to play games, who do that stuff. But, yeah, to get back to that main point of newer games being made, I, I just – I definitely see after this year the AAA space being very uh, limited in what they release. So I think this this next wave will probably be – the last wave of games that have any risk tied to them at all. And then, I mean, unless things change, unless things get better. Yeah, and I hope that's, they do. that's, it's such a bummer too. It really is. I, I, that, what got me into video games was the AAA stuff, the big cinematic experiences yeah. that really immersed you into the characters. And that's not to say that, you know, the indie games don't do that, but it's just, it, I don't know. It's just like it, it felt like the, the God of Wars, the Final Fantasies that they those are the things that really got my imagination turning. And it would be a bummer to not see that stuff anymore. Well, I mean, we'll see those for sure. It's just, you know, I mean, as we're seeing with Final Fantasy, it just might be 10 years between them. So we might be looking at, you know, one six month one, every six months getting the opportunity to buy a big game. I just I could definitely see a, you know, a five years from now future where, you know, there's not eight games that come out in the holidays. Cause if you, if you remember in 2006, there were like 40 games that came out in the holiday time period. And then the last few years, it's been like eight games, you know, with like one or two games coming out in January, one or two big games coming out every month. Now with games taking a lot longer to make, I could definitely see that time period becoming even more like extended. So yeah, yeah maybe, you know, less games being made games taking longer, equals longer waits between those big titles but i know we probably bored people to death because this is long for just two people to chat is there uh, anything else you wanted to add no i think i'm you know there, there's i'm sure we'll get some hopefully some more gaming news coming out here with the uh with xbox doing their their thing is there anything else you want to talk about I mean, there is so much I want to talk about, but we are probably going to wait because I really want to go in depth on the PS5 conference, on the EA conference. I mean, Ubisoft's going to have a conference, so we'll see what we actually get around to. Um, you know, if, it, if we wait too much longer, I'll probably just say, hey, we'll just chat about that stuff as it comes up. But with Ubisoft and Xbox, I think we'll probably make it a point to talk about those. I'm just glad that we're back doing this. Hopefully, you guys enjoy listening, and uh, we plan on doing this as often as we can, so hopefully every week to every other week. But anything else to add, my dude? No, that's it. Just, uh, you know, you can check us out on uh, anchor.fm, uh, Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be back iTunes. up on iTunes here shortly. We we are. We're we on are? iTunes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, all right, yeah. Cool. I, I auto-downloaded, so we are good, my man. So. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Peace. Late. Oh, yeah.